Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Backport Sports Network. We BSing up in here. <laughs> BSN. BSing. Man, I am uh, Wes, and I'm sitting here with my good friend, Coach Dan, and we are uh, going to talk about some sports this past weekend. We're also going to talk a little bit about the upcoming games this coming weekend, and there are some good games, but you're going to have to wait to hear about those until we talk about last weekend. Speaking of last weekend, Dan, how was your last weekend? Well, it's interesting. Um, I... uh for those of you who have listened to the show before, you probably know that I'm a high school official. I do football and baseball. You were on TV Friday night. So Friday night was the TV game. Right. So I was the umpire of uh, two local teams here in the Panhandle. It was uh, Navarre and Tate, which are um, kind of rivals. They're pretty close to each other. Tate is just outside of Pensacola, and Navarre, Navarre's outside of Pensacola on the beach. Right. So... Um. And so it was. Uh, it was interesting game Friday night. So we had the television game, which is normally a longer game than usual because you have the TV timeouts, etc. Right. But this game, we had a lightning delay. Oh. To start it, so we didn't kick. We were supposed to kick off at seven thirty uh, local time here in in the central time zone. We ended up kicking off right about eight thirty. Wow, because the rules are if if there's a lightning strike within ten miles, you got everybody got clear the field for thirty minutes minimum. Mm-hmm. And if there's any other lightning strikes, it's it starts the timer over again every time there's a lightning strike. Oh wow! So it ended up being an hour that we waited. I got you. So we went and kicked off, and this game was a it was a great football game. Was it? It was the game. It was they picked the right game to have on TV, and it was the premier game in the Panhandle. That this game went down to the wire. It ended on a blocked field goal. Mm. Mm. We had, and there were two teams that didn't like each other. There was some chippiness. I probably threw more flags in this game than I've thrown in the past three seasons combined. Wow, we had some a lot of chirping on. Oh yeah, and there's a lot of you know kind of little. Uh, Little rough house in uh, after the play was over, so oh, wow. I threw a few flags uh, today. Normally, when the umpire, I'm the I'm the fat guy in the middle of the field trying to dodge linebackers and not get yeah, killed, right? But my job's the interior lineman, so I get a lot of you know low blocks that aren't immediate, Holds. hands to the face, holding that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Uh, but we had some extracurricular stuff happen a lot where I threw some flags. So, and, so I mean, you know, some of the things that they call call penalties on these days. Uh, it, it just it, it cracks me up because I remember being on the bottom of one of those piles just hammering a dude in the nuts. I'm just I'm just <laughs> punching him in his nuts. Well, if we don't see it, <laughs> there's only in a normal high school game. There's only five of us out there, right? So if you're in the middle of a pile, what goes on on the bottom of that pile? Don't we don't what, see. Because right. listen, I, I I don't get paid a lot to be a high school official, so I'm I'm not diving into a pile. Sure. You know, I'll get down to look for a fumble here and there, but most of the time I'm kind of doing the stand-up view from about three or four yards away. I got you. And my and literally, I say, everybody roll off, don't push off. Everybody roll off. That's up easy. That's pretty much up <laughs> easy. I say it about a thousand times a game. But uh, 
Yeah, so there, there's always extra. It's the obvious extracurricular stuff. Like, I got you. You know, after the guy's already down on the ground and you look over in the right and some dude stepping on him, tackle hits another guy who's just standing there looking. Yeah, <laughs> it's like all right, there's a flag. <laughs> so this game ended up being, I think, forty five, forty two. Wow, a lot of offense. Oh, uh, it was it was a back. There was a chance. The one team was up by two touchdowns, and it was like, all right, they're, they're going to close this thing out. And uh, they they made a couple mistakes, and it ended up being a very close game. And it was it ended on a block field goal in, in the VAR one. Wow, at home, right? It was their home crowd. They were one and two, and Tate was two and one. So it was a big win for them. Sure. And uh, it was senior night. Oh, already? Yeah. So, they, well, they, they do senior They have multiple senior nights. So you got, you think about it, you got, you know, 70, 80 people that are in the band. Mm -hmm. You got 60, 70 people on the football field team. You got the ROTC, you got the cheerleaders, you got the dance team. There's <laughs> right. all kinds of stuff. And if they did senior night for all of them at one time, yeah. It would be all night long. Right. So I think this one was banned. Okay, gotcha. So uh it was it was a it was a very entertaining game Sounds like to it. be a part of. Sounds like it. And you were on TV. I was on TV. And Travis, a friend of ours, sent me a text and I saw it at halftime because I, I go in halftime and check the local scores. Right. We're in the locker room at halftime and Travis <laughs> sent a text that said I saw as a TV viewer Dan looks like he went into Souvenir City and stole four beach balls and put them under his shirt. <laughs> so when I say I'm the fat guy in the middle of the field behind the linebackers, that's what that you mean. is literal. <laughs> well, if we're being honest, I mean, there's only like two refs that don't look fat in the ref outfit. It's and the back like, judge and the, and the referee. Right. And those guys are usually jacked and probably doing steroids. And well, they get, the guys on, on the wings, the guys that are on the line of scrimmage that patrol up and down, are usually pretty thick because they're the ones, them and the back judge, they got to do a lot of running. So right. you could get away with the, the umpire and the referee, the white hat. Yeah. They, they do the least amount of running. Gotcha. But, so I had a game last night. So when we do uh, regular football – during the season, we do five man. So there's five okay. officials. Right. College has eight. NFL has eight. Yeah. It's, it's it's different. Sure. Now when we do playoffs, we do seven man. Uh -huh. So the mechanics change when you're doing a seven man. Most yeah. of my job stays the same. However, kickoffs and scoring kicks, extra points and field goals changes a little bit. Gotcha. Kickoffs change drastically. Okay. So. Normally, in a five-man crew, when there's a kickoff, after setting the ball down for the extra point on the three-yard line, I go to the home side 20, not a far jaunt. Right, yeah. You just kind of trot on over there. Seven-man, I'm at what they call K's restraining line. So I'm on the home side where they're kicking off. Okay. So I'm going to the other 40. Oh, wow. So we had – last night it was a JV game. Right. And we did seven-man for JV game, which I know sounds counterintuitive. It's a game that doesn't mean anything. But the way we do it is on Friday nights, those are the important crews. We just don't have enough officials right. to cover all the games to do seven-man. Yeah. So during the week when we have the sub-varsity games, we do the seven-man there because we have to practice because come playoff time, we have to run seven man, and the mechanics change significantly for most of the people on the field. Right, you do different stuff on the sure. plays. 
So you got to practice that. So that's why we do it during the JV games. Because they don't matter. As well, much. but your practice, we don't have the crews to do it on a Friday night. Ideally, we'd run seven man all the time. Right. We just don't have enough officials. I got you. So last night was JV seven man. There was literally seven 60 plus yard touchdowns. Oh, wow. So let me explain what Fat Dan has to do <laughs> on a 60 yard touchdown. All right. So let's say I'm on, I'm on the. The offense is 40-yard line, so you're on your own 40-yard line. Right. Kid breaks one or you get a a, a, a pass. It's a JV, so there's not any bombs going down right, the field. Right, sure. So it's bubble screams with a missed tackle, and boom, you're gone. Or kid breaks one off tackle, and he's gone, right. which happened a lot last night. The game was 56 to nothing. Oh, wow. It was all going one way. <laughs> Sounds like it. So, so I set the ball down on the 40-yard line. The kid runs 60 yards for a touchdown. I have to run down to the three to place the ball for the extra point. Right. So I place the ball for the extra point. They kick the extra point. Now I have to run back back to the other 40. That happened like six times. Mm. And if you see me, I'm not built for running. <laughs> That's why I'm an umpire. Right. So I got a workout last night, which it normally when like you it. do a JV game, it's a little slower paced. But you got to keep your head on a swivel because these kids aren't. You know, they're learning. Mm -hmm. So they're not as technique savvy. They do some stupid stuff. Sure. And you tend to get caught in weird situations, unlike doing a varsity game. Right. Varsity guys are kind of dialed in, although not always. But most of the time they're dialed in. They got they know what they're doing. Yeah. So you can kind of, as an umpire, you learn the tendencies and you can kind of know where to go to get out of the way. Although that's not all inclusive, you're going to sometimes you get. You're in the way no matter what happens. <laughs> and when you – listen, these high school kids are big. These mm -hmm. JV kids last night were big. The varsity teams that they have. I mean, you're talking about linemen that are that are 300 pounds. Oh, well, you, you're talking school, about right? one of the most recruited states in the union, man. I yeah. mean, Florida, I mean, they grow them big down here. Yeah, and you got 240-pound linebackers that can run, you know, 4'6", four, 4'5". Four, yeah. It, it's – it's uh, it it can be there's a, the guys on the wing. So like I'm the guy. It's like I'm, I'm the fat guy in the middle field. I can't run. I can't I can't do what the wing guys do. I'll yeah. and I say I'll never be on a wing. You guys are crazy. Well, the wings are like, dude, you're nuts. You're literally standing in the middle of all the linebackers, and you got tight ends crossing in front of you, sure, trying to use you as a pick. Yeah, and you got freaking linemen on running plays. They run a counter and a misdirection, and all of a sudden you're staring at a hole, and a running back's coming straight at you. Yeah, and you, when that happens, you kind of just turn sideways and let him go. Make yourself a thin target as thin as you can. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, and let him move off of you. I would be scared. My instincts would kick in, and I'd try. You'd to move. Tackle. I'd try to tackle him. <laughs> no. You try that once, and then you know you got to separate the shoulder. You won't do that again. Yeah. Well, I mean, I still in my mind, I'm still 15. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, that goes away pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. One good. When time. you're out there in the middle of them, you're like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, I'm gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> and then that wears off too. And then you kind of, I, I really don't have a fear while I'm out there. Right. I've been hit a couple times. Um, you know, I got a few bru bruises here and there. I've got put on my ass twice. Mm. Uh, but most of the time, the good the good high schools, which we're blessed with, the the county schools that we do here are pretty good, well-coached teams. Right. And they don't do stupid stuff. But 
you know, you're talking about 16, 17 year old kids. You never know what's going to happen. They may do some stupid yeah, stuff. Yeah. And they make a mistake and yeah. they're, they're going in a place they shouldn't be. And the next thing you know, what you got to, you got a binging coming out on you. Yeah. And you don't have pads on. No. Right. And, and you're old. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm no <Exactly>. spring chicken. <laughs> yeah. The funniest fun. thing is the worst injury I've ever had officiating is doing baseball. <laughs> and it was completely a non contact. <laughs> Well, that was your Achilles, yeah, right? Yeah, my Achilles I blew out two years ago or a year, last May. and During the playoffs. During the state uh, semifinals yeah. in Fort Myers. Yeah, blew That's out crazy. my Achilles. That's crazy. I know so there's, there's Dan's officiating story. Right, yeah. That's we'll like, have those every once in a while. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you a Friday Night Lights highlight. That here. was a solid 13 minutes Sweet. of airtime right there. Yeah. I, I, can, I can eat up airtime. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> so did you get to watch any football last weekend? Listen, I, believe it or not, I, I still struggle to believe that this is the case, but it is the case because of Dion that a significant portion of the country stayed up to one o'clock in the morning to watch Colorado. And that's one o'clock in the morning. I'm on central time. We're on central time. Yeah. That we're, I was up till one watching that Colorado, Colorado state. Dude, that's the, believe it or not. All right. So I, I am seen in a, a local event here. So I, I wasn't able to watch. I think there were like five minutes left in the Auburn game when I got done. Yeah. So I wasn't able to actually watch, but it was Samford, so I wasn't really worried yeah. about it. And I knew they were going to come out and work on the passing game because they've struggled a little bit with passing the previous week against Cal. And um, <clears throat> But I did watch, I think it was about midways through the third quarter, and I'm like, dude, this ain't Auburn. I ain't staying up to one. <laughs> and I'm, I was thinking that – the that, uh, uh, that uh, uh, who was it? State, yeah, Colorado State. I thought they had it. They did. You would have thought they did. It was yeah. It was it was a it was as an exciting a college football game to watch between two teams that you just should not care about. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Because Colorado State isn't that good, right? But they played very well. Yeah. Now this may be an indicator that. Colorado may not be as good nationally. It's not like well, everybody like a week ago, I, we're like, oh man. Well, they beat TCU. They did beat coming TCU. off TCU going to national championship. So that was that was the perception was that was a huge win, and they beat the the brakes off of them. Yeah, they beat them handily. So you well, had it that forty five forty two, but yeah, they. I mean, they only beat them by three points. Yeah, but the 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 way they moved the ball in that the, game, they did move. I mean, it was there was no defense in that game. Yeah, at all. no but, defense. And, and let, let me rephrase that: their offense beat the brakes off of the defending co or the runner ups. Yeah, defense. Yeah, and so everybody was like, "Wow, yeah, Colorado's for real." They immediately got ranked. They were in the top twenty, and then they played Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And Nebraska is not the Nebraska of old. No, absolutely not. They no. haven't been for a number of years. But. And they kind of struggle the first half, but end up pulling away from Nebraska. Yeah. Which, listen, even the best teams have those games. Sure. Look what Alabama and USF did this past weekend. Yeah. That was pretty. If you're an Alabama fan, you got to be worried. You got to be scared. Yeah, because you don't have a quarterback. You tried all three, and none of the three are quarterback. They're, and they're swapping out again this yeah, weekend. They're not. They're not good. Oh, nope. 
And it's not like USF is a powerhouse. Oh, no. Absolutely not. But, so then, you know, they beat Nebraska handily. Right. And now they're playing their in-state rival, so there's some credence to that. Although, it's not like Deion Seniors have been playing against Colorado State for three years. This right. is a whole new it's roster. a whole new team. This yeah. is a whole new team. So... It's more, I think, of a rival to the Colorado State players and coaches yeah. and the fans. It's more of a rivalry with the fans. And, and you know what? Both of those teams, I mean, based just – I mean, the linen that was thrown through that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you saw – Well, mean, there, was some, there was some shit talking before the game. Oh, yeah. So yeah, there was all that kind of stuff, which made it – who knows if that stuff choreographed or whatever just to make it, you know – a little more interesting. Uh, yeah, a little, add a little drama to it, a little sure. bulletin board action going. But um, it, it was a – Colorado State had it won. Yeah. That's when I went to bed. I was like, all right, yeah, they're they were done. up, I think, 11. Yeah. With like, uh, I don't know, three minutes left in the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, ju- they had just punted. And the, if they did one of those – you take a hooded uh, three iron and you just punch it up on the green to let it roll. Yeah. That's how they punted. Literally cooked, kicked it two feet off the ground and just let it roll and roll and roll and roll and roll. Just and trying it, to burn The freaking clock. thing rolled out at the two. Oh. It was a beautiful punt. Right. <laughs> I don't think it was if, – if it's a skill, I haven't seen that kind of skill before. I think it was pretty lucky. Mm-hmm. But they did have a person on there – to to make sure it didn't go in the end zone. So, but it rolled out on its own, or and they kind of pushed it out at the two yard line. So now you're like three minutes left in the game. You're down by two scores. Yeah. They get the ball, drive down, get in field goal range, get stopped. So it's like, all right, we need to kick a field goal. Mm-hmm. And maybe I have this backwards. I think the game winning drive was 95 yards. Okay. Forgive me, because. It was I mean, late. It's a few days ago. It was too. late. Yeah. And uh, so anyways, whether that was the final drive or the field goal drive, I think the final drive was 98 yards. They had the ball previously and kicked the field goal mm-hmm. to get within eight. Then I think they held Colorado, had a little over three minutes left out at the 98, down by eight. Mm-hmm. They drive 98 yards for a touchdown with – I want to say less than 30 seconds or maybe 32 seconds left. They need a two-point conversion to tie it. And, Wes, when I tell you this, this kid, Deion's son, he's good. Shador? Shador is good. Yeah. I saw this play, and it reminded me a lot of what I see at Atua Mm -hmm. on Sundays now, and even when he was with Alabama. But it's literally uh, just fake the handoff and immediate freaking like shot out of a cannon right across the middle for a two-point conversion. And it was so quick and so fast. It was beautiful. All right. I was really impressed with that two-point conversion. So then you go to overtime. They right. tie it now. Yeah. So A game that State should have won. Yes. So yeah. now it's tied. So now you're thinking, all right, state's done. Yeah. There's no way they're going to win. So they do the coin toss. Colorado wins the coin toss. Normally, 
a team that wins the coin toss in overtime, they elect to go on defense because they they need to know the field goal. What, what, I need what, a touchdown. What, well, yeah, what do I need to do? Colorado said, nope, I want the ball. And I don't know if that was on purpose or the captain screwed up, but he said, we want the ball. Right. So they get the ball at the 25-yard line, college overtime, and they score a touchdown. First overtime, you can kick the extra point. They kick the extra point. Right. I'm like, all right, this game's over. Nah, Colorado State scores a touchdown, kicks the extra point. So then I always thought they alternated. The team who had the ball first mm-hmm. in the second overtime goes on defense next. Nope. Colorado went out there again at the 25, scored, got the two-point conversion. Right. So now Colorado State has the ball, needs a touchdown and a two-point conversion to keep it going. They had, they had I don't know what they ran, but they got tackled for like an eight-yard loss, either on first or second down. So right. they were way behind the sticks. And they ended up with a fourth down desperation throw to the end zone that uh, that was not successful in Colorado won. And literally in 30 seconds, the entire field is full of students and fans. Yeah, <laughs> it was. And I've, I'm watching this game, Colorado, Colorado State, who I mean, yeah, it hasn't been relevant. When's the last relevant time you in, watched the nineties? Colorado, Colorado State's never really been relevant. Colorado last t- they tied with Georgia Tech, and I think in ninety two, mm-hmm. they share one. You, that was back when they had two national championship trophies, and most of the t- most years, two teams won. But it was just ba- that was before playoffs. Yeah, it was, it was the AP and the in yeah the AP and the and the Sears Trophy. And and um, they split the national championship with Georgia Tech in '92. That's I mean that's the last time I I can remember watching a full Colorado football game. Well, they yeah, and I've watched like that's almost like the the early to mid '90s were the last time they were relevant. Yeah, and 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 I've probably watched two and a half total Colorado football games this year just because of. Coach Prime, and they were one and eleven last year. Yeah, well, they're already they're already better up than <laughs> much, they were. They're three better. and zero oh right yeah. now. Oh yeah. And some of these football groups I'm in, and on Facebook and other places, these forums. I mean, you got all right. So I'm getting tired of the. Uh, well, if you're not supporting Coach Prime, you're a racist. No, that's not how that works. Listen, he has been in the. He was in the FBS. Now he's in Division One. And it's it's a whole new proving ground. Oh yeah. And just because we're like, you know, prove it, show us. I'm rooting for the guy. I really am. Because I think it. I think anytime somebody comes in like that, arrogant or not, whether you like him or not, it makes college football better, more interesting. Obviously, by the fact that we're watching Look Colorado at, at one o'clock in the morning, we're watching yeah. Colorado, Colorado State. Yeah, that's great for college football. Absolutely, the whole racist thing is stupid. But I think Dion brings that on himself sometimes. Sure. But well, listen, I, I don't even get involved in that kind of stuff. I don't even it, it, that those conversations to me detract from what's awesome about college football. Yeah. And so I don't even get involved in that. If you're talking to me about, there's some there's some credence to the argument that 
I'm sick of Dion. He always makes it about himself. Sure. So whether whether that is to promote Dion or that is to shield his players, there's an argument to be made for both sides. Yeah. Where remember the movie uh, Miracle? Yeah. Where the the coach had all the players hating each other, hating the coach, mm-hmm. and the one that the one doctor, the assistant coach, said to him, "Why, why does he do that?" And he says, "Well, maybe if they hate him, they don't have time to hate each other." Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's some credence to. I got a bunch of kids that are having success at a level that they've never had before, having the. If I draw all the hate, if I can, if I can get the attention on me, it leaves them to, to be focus able to on football. Yeah. And so there's an argument what? to be made for that. To their credit, these kids they have a higher average GPA than last year's Colorado team. Yeah. So they're studying, they're doing their thing. You know what? I'm there's rooting. a lot on the on the table for a college football player. Mm-hmm. You got two jobs, basically. You're doing two more than full-time jobs. Sure, absolutely. Simultaneously. Absolutely. But, so, yeah. But, the and then the other part of the argument, and maybe it's a mix of both, but the other part of the argument is, listen, it's always been about Dion. When he oh, was a always, player. Always been At about every Dion. level. When he was in high school, when he played for Florida State, when he played baseball. Yeah. And when he played football. Both the Falcons and the Cow. It's always been, you know, prime time. Yeah. Neon Dion. It was right. Neon Dion at Florida State. Prime time when he was in the NFL. Yeah. And listen, he talked shit, but yeah. he backed it up. He did. Which there's still plenty of players that do that. Tyreek sure. Hill is a mouthy motherfucker. Right. And he backs it up. Mm-hmm. So the, listen, you're always going to have that element. So there might be a mix of both maybe it's Dion doing it to protect his kids but it isn't like a chore for him right because it's who he is but he's also put a shit program on the map in six months oh yeah turn the entire roster and now you got everybody who talks about college football is talking about Dion in Colorado oh yeah well, this every week, week, this week, and even about- if they get beat, they're still going to talk about. It. Yeah, and maybe listen if they go six and four, and it becomes a mediocre season, it's still a win he's, for the he, Colorado. He's program. already in bonus. He's in house money now. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, as soon as he got that second he triple win, their wins, <laughs> he he's in house money already. Oh yeah. So you know, it's it's an improvement, and they can, You know, I expect that that he'll continue to improve that program. And it's, listen, it's a fun time for college football. Absolutely it is. And it is a, regardless of what side you're on, if you can stay out of the, you know, black, white, racist conversation, and you can just stay on football, this is good for college football. Absolutely it is. So Colorado's got Oregon this week. They have lost Travis Hunter. Because he got he took that big hit. Yeah, lacerated kidney. Oh yeah. So he's Not a out. Cheap shot. Did you hear what Dion said? Like this kid for Colorado State, I guess, has been getting death threats. Yeah. Because listen, Travis Hunter is. He's two players on that. May, maybe if if Colorado is who they look like. Yeah. Travis Hunter may be the most important person in college football. 
for his team. Yeah. And now he's out at least three weeks yeah. with a lacerated kidney on a cheap shot. Yeah. That was flagged. You're right. And apparently there's been death threats mm-hmm. for this kid. And, and to Dion's credit, he he went on there and said, hey, listen. Look, these are kids. It's a game. Yeah. You it know, was, it was part yeah. of the game. You know, I forgive him. My team forgives him. Yeah. I don't think the kid intended to hurt him, but who knows? Like when you're out there playing football and you hit somebody, your intention is to take their head off. Not literally, but figuratively. Yeah. I'm going to go through this person with every ounce of energy I have. Absolutely. And if it's late, it happens. But to Dion's credit, he said, hey, listen. Lay off this le- Lay off this kid. He's, he's, he's just a kid. And he made a mistake. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, a lot of people are expecting because Colorado was exposed a little bit against State. Yeah, Oregon's just it's gonna mop the floor with them this weekend. Well, aren't they like a twenty-three point favorite? Who it's, Oregon? It's a significant. Yeah, they are. Let me look here. Oregon is twenty and a half. Yeah, that's a big spread. Favorite. Big spread and. Without Travis Hunter, who was their number one, wasn't he their number one receiver? Uh, and he yeah, had a in, lot in of the, stops as a corner, in, as a defensive back. Well, he was, I, I think he was their number one corner. And who knows what their number one receiver is? They've got three pretty talented, including him, three pretty talented receiver. Right. So Horn was the the one who showed up big uh, in this last game. And although he played well, well Hunter was hurt kind of early. I mean, yeah. well, about midway through the second quarter, right? Yeah. So, I mean, he came back out. But he's their number. He, he's I think he's their number one corner. Yeah. So he's he's obviously the starting wide receiver, mm-hmm. but he's their. I think he's their shutdown corner. Yeah. So that changes things because Colorado State had a lot of success in the air. Oh yeah. In that game, a lot of success in the air. Absolutely, and or and you, you can expect Oregon's going to come oh, at that's them. That's all Oregon does. <laughs> they throw that ball. Yep. So that's a significant game coming up this weekend. You've got FSU Clemson, and FSU's riding high, thinking they can't be beat. They're talking national championship in well, Tallahassee. They got out in their, with their lives against BC. Yeah, they they were exposed against BC, and I, but, I, well, what's it, the line on that game? You got the line on that one on. Uh, FSU Clemson, because I mean a lot of Clemson fans are talking trash. They're like, we're going, we're going to bring them down a notch this uh, weekend. Florida State's two and a half. Is that right? Okay, that doesn't seem like. Well, they're playing in Clemson. Yeah, two and a half. So in Death Valley. Well, that doesn't that that is pretty. Think about that. That's pretty much even. That's pretty disrespectful, considering Duke beat the snot out of Clemson. Yeah, Clemson's not ranked. Florida State is fourth in the country. Yeah. What's going on? What? Two and a half point spread is awful tight. Yeah. Awful tight. Incredibly. You would think, forget about the odds, you would think Florida State would be favored to go in there and and destroy Clemson. You would think. Now you're talking about a, you know, a rivalry game again. Yeah. Uh, You know, ACC traditional powerhouses i guess i guess, I, I guess. kind of sort of yeah clemson has been but clemson and maybe clemson's game against duke was a fluke or maybe duke's better than we think but uh it, i i i don't know and maybe they just saw florida state against bc and thinking ooh 
Maybe they're not well, really. A funny stat. All right. So, um, Florida State against USM in, in, on the ninth, the weekend of the ninth, uh, won by 66 to 13. Um, and I don't even know who this college is. Charleston Southern that same weekend. Clemson won 66 to 17 against Charleston Southern. Um, they played FAU last weekend, 48 to 14. That's Clemson. Yeah. And of course, uh, Florida State was lucky to get out of Boston College with a win. Yeah. And Boston College is not a strong team. No. They hadn't been since Doug Flutie played there. And then, you know, it's a con- I know it's a conference game. Boston College is one and two. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But still, I, you know, I, I think it's a little early to be uh, be Duke, real high on FSU. And Duke's 3-0 now, and they're ranked. So yeah. it, this is still, like, there's a lot of, uh, you know, kind of the out-of-conference cupcake games Yeah, rolling through the first, like, four weeks of the season. They mix them in. Yeah. Um, so you've got Duke's really their only significant win was beating Clemson. Yeah. So – all right, so they're ranked 18th just because, okay, they beat Clemson. Well, Clemson's only significant game was against Duke. Yeah, and the <laughs> other two wins are against the cupcakes that we're talking about. Yeah. Because Boston College is not a, a, a strong foe. No. So it's, this is the time of year where kind of the school's out and you got you're doing a lot of thinking of, you know, how good is Florida State really? And listen, you have those interconference games where – you know, you you struggle. Everybody yeah. has those games where you struggle. Sure, it's one of those. Well, maybe Florida State's really good. They just struggled this game, and they still they won. were looking past BC at Clemson. Yeah, and that's, they, that's and, a and they got out of it with a win. That right. happens to every team. Mm-hmm. Even you know, even the team to go undefeated and win a national championship, they have that. One they, or have two struggle, games they have a struggle. They have a struggle game and a nail biter against a team they should mop the floor with. Well, and maybe that's the game. We will find out about Alabama this weekend, whether it was a fluke that they lost to Texas. I don't think it's a fluke. No, I don't think so either. I don't think Texas has looked quite as strong as we thought them to be. But just looking at – because I watched a significant portion of that Alabama-USF game. Yeah. Any other year, Alabama would have beat them 63-3. to Yeah. It was – now – their Alabama's defense is good, just like it normally is, because they shut down USF pretty significantly. But their offense is really bad. Yeah, it's terrible. Their the starting quarterback was like had three completions for uh, like I don't know less than fifty yards. Yeah, it was terrible. It was it was horrific. Well, they're playing Ole Miss this weekend. Ole Miss is ranked fifteenth. Alabama, depending on the poll you're looking at. Alabama 13th. So we'll find out a lot about Alabama this weekend. And interesting, Alabama's favored by seven. Well, and that's only just because Ole Miss probably doesn't have the defense that you, you would think. But well, so yeah. Ole Miss 73 to seven against Mercer, who's had a team for three years. <laughs> 37 to 20 against Tulane, which was ranked, and they're still ranked. And then they beat Georgia Tech 48 to 23, and Georgia Tech hadn't found its leg in 20 years. Um, yeah. 
A lot of questions to be answered on the field, which is what's awesome about college So just a fun fact, do you know what the highest ticket cost is for a game this coming weekend? What? Ohio State, Notre Dame for $444 a ticket. That's the lowest ticket available right now. So you got you'll find out about Notre Dame whether they're for real this weekend if they play Ohio State and Ohio State for that matter. Miami plays Temple, which they should win. They're favored by twenty four. Yeah, and Auburn plays Texas A and M. we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out for real. Of course, A and M lost to Miami. They got beat down. They did get beat down. Beat. Physically they, they beat New Mexico fifty-two to ten, and then ULM, Louisiana Monroe, yeah, yeah, forty-seven to three. Now, so, did you watch? Any, how was Auburn's offense this past week? They look good. They they look good. Yeah, and you know what? They came out and worked. You know, it's some of the fans, the folks that don't know what they're talking about, have come out and criticized them because they would do stuff like second out. They'd try a fade in the end zone. It, and it didn't work. They uh, they try uh, – the, and then on second down, they try the same play. But what they did is they came out and tried to get Peyton Thorne some rhythm throwing the ball on offense. And they didn't run the two-quarterback setup as much as they did in the Cal game. It's like during the so Cal they, game. They're, so they're kind of trying to settle on Peyton as their starting quarterback. Well, Peyton is technically the starter – but they wanted but, to keep Robbie around because he's such a talented athlete. But yeah, he just doesn't Rob, have the arm. The, 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 who do they play the second game of the season? Um, or maybe it was UMass. The, the UMass game, they, literally, if it wasn't for Robbie, they would not have won that game. Mm -hmm. And he actually he didn't Red throw the ball much. That's where he, he got his nickname, Red Zone Robbie. Yeah, so, I mean – He's it's a an runner. interesting dynamic. What yeah. they're doing, though, is they've, they're using him now – in the slot position a little bit. Mm. So they, they're they they're slowly Doing fading him out. Bubble screens with him. Bubble screens. Him space. Maybe some reverse stuff. Um trying to get him get him some touches, but saying, look, you know what? This quarterback thing's not working out. You don't have the arm for this, but you're a hell of a runner. And he a dude is lightning fast mm -hmm. and he's slippery and he can he'll juke you out your shoes. And um, so basically, this last weekend, the score is was forty nine to thirteen against Sanford, and it would have been a lot higher. But they went out and actually worked on the passing game against an opposing team. Mm -hmm. And I think if so they treated it like a, a a preseason game, just forcing yeah, just like forcing it, yeah, like just practicing and, and they live action. I think it was like sixty forty when. Uh, in favor of the pass versus the run, whereas the previous weeks it was like uh, against Cal, it was almost it was like fifty five forty five run. Well, you, had, you got a much bigger margin for error against Sanford than you do against the other. Two sure, runs. absolutely. Yeah. And there were uh, there were three turnovers. Um, so, one was just where it, I mean it bounced right off the guy's hands, hit his helmet in the end zone. Yeah, and it was a it was an interception. But man, he Peyton Thorne threw some bullets. I didn't get to watch the game, but I watched some of the highlights after the fact, and um, really pleased. The box scores there was no score in the first hmm. quarter at all, but they came out working on stuff.
And then it was Auburn 17 in the second quarter, 14, um, and thir- there were 13 points that Sanford scored in that, and that's their only 13, and then 14. And they uh, the only downside to what they did is the backup quarterbacks didn't get – and the, and the second – Second tier guys and third tier guys didn't get a, get the you know the experience that you would normally get in a game like this, but they went out and they got valuable experience um, for Peyton Thorne, and I think he needed that because even though he's got experience and he's a graduate student transfer, he needed he needed that experience with this offense because it's different than what he played at Michigan State. Yeah. So I th- I think that'll be valuable going in. My bigger concern is that the defense, even though in the Cal game they look, they saved that game. The defense was the hero of the Cal game. Yeah. Um, going into against Bobby Petrino's offense in A and M, you know they didn't have a lot of tackles for loss against Samford. You know, and, and they had a lot of stops, but not the, a lot of tackles for loss. Texas A&M's got a decent offense. I mean, they played – they Miami took over that game in the second half. That was a – Miami was down. Yeah. For Now, granted, you know, when you fumble inside the five-yard line on a punt uh, and you give them the ball mm. on the five-yard line and then uh, get a – I think they had a field goal blocked on the next drive. I mean, you get, you, you spotted them two touchdowns. Right. Uh, Texas A&M was able to put up some offense against Miami. So, and and just like all the other teams we talked about, Miami looks great, but who have they played? How good is Texas A&M? Well, you're going to get a little taste of that against Auburn. Yeah, these pieces start to come together as the t- season flows through, and because Miami played Bethune Cookman on Thursday night, sure, and they won 48 to seven, and they played 18 freshmen. Yeah, like literally everybody played. Yeah, they the were bring, whole game. They were bringing in. They had freshman cheerleaders out there. Touchdown yeah. pass. They played like five different running backs. Water boy ran yeah. five or six I mean, plays. It was, yeah, it was, it was all it, of that. All over. So, uh, fun fact from the Auburn Sanford game: Peyton Thorne was 18 passing yards from breaking an Auburn record. He's the first quarterback since Damian Craig. You remember Damian Craig? Mm-hmm. He ended up playing for the Jaguars as a corner or something. Yeah. Um to rush for 123 yards as a quarterback and pass for over 200 yards or 250 yards. He had 282 yards. If he'd have gone to 300, he'd have broke an Auburn record. Hmm. And uh, Hugh Freeze, coach, he was like, man, I wish I'd have known that during the game. I'd have put him out there because they took him out. They had yeah. they had Robbie Ashford in, and then they put um, the freshman quarterback in for basically the last quarter. Well, you, you – it, there's a, a couple schools of thought. You put him out there to get a record, and he gets hurt. And then, yeah, and yeah, you could. Head. Yeah, I guess it's how important are records to to you. Yeah, but I think the last uh, line I saw on the Auburn A and M, they've got A and M like six and a half. So it's that's close enough for my taste. And I think if that w- if it was being played in Auburn, I don't think the spread would be that far. But it's not. What are the other big games? Other big games, obviously, we mentioned FSU-Clemson. You got um, got Notre Dame-Ohio State. Um, Notre Dame-Ohio State's a big game. Yeah, that's a, that's a rivalry game to a degree. 
US UCLA at um well shit, I just had it, man. Utah. Utah. Those are two ranked teams. Um y'all got Temple, as you already mentioned. Oregon State, Washington State. So that's you know, Oregon State's ranked fourteenth. Yeah. Two three and O teams going at it. LSU Arkansas, I don't think that's gonna be a problem. Georgia's still playing nobody in week four. Um, Iowa, Penn State. Yeah. Um, Iowa actually found an offense. Yeah. My buddy uh, sent me a picture today. My He's the other Dolphin f- fan friend of mine. Yep. He sent me a pic. He's at that at that game. He went to, uh, he went up there to Penn for the weekend. Well, speaking of games, guess where I'm going on Sunday? You are going to Miami. Going right? to the home opener of the Dolphins-Broncos game. Nice. Yep. Let me tell you, who's the favorite for the uh, – for the NFL MVP, betting wise, uh, is it Tua? Tua is, is the Is it really? Yeah, he's not hurt yet. No, he's not hurt. I'm surprised. No, listen, he hasn't even. They're 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 patchwork offensive line. Other than their inability to get the snap right, right, uh, has been playing lights out. They ran the ball all over New England on Sunday night, which is normally something that. Uh, that Miami doesn't do. Mostert, right. Raheem Mostert rushed for 127 yards or 121 yards and two touchdowns on mm. 18 attempts. He had a big night. You know, uh, I think I think Tyreek was under 100 yards, but he had a touchdown. Um, so Tua was efficient. It's one of those games where you know the first game Miami had it, and they just they went against a team that was going to score a lot of points right. in, in the Chargers. And they matched them, so they threw the ball all over the place. Mm. New England came out and said, we're going to run this umbrella defense with three deep safeties. Right. And like it's it's like running a dime package the entire game. So Mike McDaniel said, hey, all right, that's what you want to do. We'll run the ball. And they ran the ball. And their passes, they didn't – they threw two or through – a couple deep passes didn't really connect on uh, either because you're going against a defense that was set up to stop that. Right. Uh, so, to McDaniel's credit, he had a game plan and literally picked New England apart with short passes and ran the ball. And Miami's offensive line played well. Tua got sacked once, and that was really Tua's fault. And that's that's – that's been the issue with Tua is he hasn't – it's the first time I've seen it this season, is him not getting rid of the ball when there's nothing open. Right. And people say Tua's a one-read quarterback, and if it's not there, he's in trouble. That may have been true his first year and maybe early into his second year. He is not a one-read quarterback now. He's figuring it out. He he sees it, and he goes to his third and fourth reads and and almost always makes the right throw. And he's not forcing it. So Miami looks great. He's starting to get comfy in there. Yeah. Well, so Thursday night we got New York at San Francisco. Yeah, and Saquon's out like three weeks with an ankle. Mm, that'll hurt you. So that's uh, – and listen. The, Have you the, seen the memes with the Jets? The Jets memes. Oh, oh the, the Aaron Rodgers memes. Gosh. Did you see the one with um, – They got a restraining order against Kaepernick. No. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that one, but oh god, what was the name of that movie? What was the movie where they made a, a war film? 
it was with the, the guy with School of Rock. Um, Jack then, Black? Yeah, Jack Black. And then um, Robert Downey Jr. played a black man. Yeah. And Ben Stiller was in it. Yeah. So there's a scene in which they they land and uh, they have names underneath each person. So right. they got like Garrett Wilson, um, Zach Zach Wilson, and then uh, another player for the for the Jets. And then the director of the movie is Aaron Rodgers. Got his name under right, and he's giving him a a pep pep talk. Because what I guess the premise of that movie is they drop them into an actual military zone and they don't know it. Right. They think they're making a movie. Right. So the director is like firing them up. Let's go out there and make the best military film ever. He turns around and walks and he steps on a mine and literally gets blown, blown up. up. <laughs> and everybody's like, they're all just kind of looking around <laughs> like they think it's fake. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're looking around. And then you hear uh, Jack Black, who's got blonde hair in this yeah so he's he's uh zach wilson he goes yeah (laughs) (laughs) if you you gotta watch that meme it is freaking hilarious i'll have to check that out and you know i know it's at aaron Rodgers' expense and i feel bad for that i actually felt i watched that game yeah and i was as a dolphin fan normally you would think okay well that's one opponent out of the way well, you don't want anybody but I to be actually, put out for I actually, a season. You know? I actually was looking forward to that battle mm-hmm. between the Jets, the Bills, and the Dolphins. I wanted Aaron Rodgers to be what they said he was going to be. Yeah. And that just this just be an epic football season for the AFC East. And it still can be, but not the Jets are done. Oh, yeah. They're done. What about old Nick Chubb, man? Have you, have you seen that injury? Oh, yes, oh my gosh. Now the the view from the normal angle on TV, it it didn't it didn't look and bad, they, and they didn't show it over like that. Yeah. But, but the, listen, the, the internet, the internet, yeah. <laughs> five seconds after it happened, You're, you got people who recorded it on their uh, while they were watching the game. Yeah, and and people that were somebody on the sidelines actually had a video from the line of scrimmage yeah. on the side where you could see it happen, yeah. and it is. Literally, his knee is bent ninety degrees sideways. Yeah, you're not supposed to. Your not leg, backwards, but sideways. Your leg is not supposed to bend that way. No, so I imagine that's an ACL and MCL. Oh, they. I think they've already said it was ACL, and he was out. He's oh, done yeah, he's for the done. season. And I wonder if he. This might be one of those where he's done for his career. Maybe. I mean, or it he, might be a two-year recovery kind of thing. Man, yeah. And that's sad because Nick, Nick Chubb's a good guy, and he's yeah. one of the better players in the NFL. You know, when they lose players like that, you lose an Aaron Rodgers in, in the first week and then you lose a Nick Chubb this past week, you know, it it, it hurts the game because hurts, those are some of the premier the psyche stars. of the team. Yeah, the Cleveland Browns were a playoff contender that was in contention for the, the AFC North. So now you got Joe Burrows hurt in that division. Yeah. So it looks like – and I, depending on how bad, because he retweaked his calf, the right. one that he missed almost all the training camp for, retweaked his calf. So now you've got, it looks like it's the Ravens' division for the taking because the Pittsburgh Steelers, if you watched them last night or Monday night, two nights ago, yeah, if you watch them, they have a phenomenal defense. And part of that was Cleveland's quarterback is – their 
quarter of a billion dollar man yeah is uh is not the person of old but Pittsburgh's defense won him that game so yeah. until if if Pittsburgh can get back to looking like they did in preseason and they get that offense rolling cuz Kenny Pickett does not look good Pittsburgh if they fix all that stuff and Tomlin has a reputation for fixing those things right but it's not like Kenny Pickett's a rookie anymore he should be figuring this stuff out yeah Monday night he looked like a rookie now granted Cleveland's got a good defense but he was rusty there was looking. opportunity for him to make some plays and, and and he didn't so it looks like the Ravens in that division but who knows? They got Lamar Jackson, who has a tendency to have the style of quarterback that lends to injury, and he's had an injury real past. So who knows? Right. Maybe it's Pittsburgh's division if they stay healthy and, and can figure out their offensive woes. Oh. Maybe they just need a new offensive coordinator. Because there's the fans were cheering, fire Matt Canada. Mm. Like their offensive coordinator is is not a fan favorite. Sounds like it. <laughs> it's interesting. So uh, in the in the AFC, you've got obviously Dolphins leading leading the East. Mm -hmm. You got the Ravens right now two and zero in the North. But like you said, Pittsburgh, if they can figure it out, yeah, they probably have a shot. In the South, you got uh, the Jaguars, which is always fun. But the thing is, they're tied with the Colts and Titans. They're all one and one right now. Uh, you got the Raiders and the Chiefs tied in the West. In the NFC, you got the Cowboys, believe it or not. Well, their defense is for real. But you also have the Eagles, who are also 2-0, and the Commanders, or, or as we call them here on the podcast, <laughs> the, Redskins. the Redskins. Um, and then uh, they're all 2-0 in that division. Mm -hmm. The Packers are 1-1 one one in the north. Lions tied with them. Atlanta is 2-0, yeah. along with the Saints and the Bucks in the south. And then you got the 49ers leading the West, the Rams one and one, Seahawks one and one. So, I mean, so far, man, it's looking pretty good. There's one, two, three, four, five, undef six, seven, eight, nine undefeateds left after two weeks. Nine out of 32 after two weeks. That's the craziness of the parody in NFL. Yeah. There's only nine undefeated teams left after two weeks. Mm -hmm. That's just crazy. It is. I mean, the days of the old school Dolphins that went 12 and 0 and the Bears that went 14 and 1, and, um, you know, the few teams that have gone undefeated into the Super Bowl. Mm hmm. Those are those are hard to come by. Patriots did it. The Patriots did it. Yeah. So the Bears had one loss. Dolphins obviously the only undefeated team right. ever. That, but that's 1972. Mm -hmm. And then you got uh, the Bears in '85 lost one game to the Dolphins on Monday night. Which yeah. I watched. Which it was, was awesome. yeah. I remember that. Yeah. 38, 24. It was beautiful. My wife says I can't believe you the stuff you remember, and you can't even remember where to put the ice cream when you're done with it. But anyways, <laughs> that's just. It is kind old of funny. Age. It's old age. <laughs> and then you had the Patriots, uh, 2000, maybe eight. Yeah. When they had uh, Randy Moss. Yep. And they won straight through and then lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Yep. And that, that team, if they'd have beaten the Giants in the Super Bowl, that team would be talked about as the greatest team ever. Yeah. But simply because they lost the Super Bowl, they're not even in that conversation. Mm -mm. 
which is weird. You got to win a championship. That though, team. Man. You got to win a championship. I don't disagree, but that team was as good a team as it been ever put on a football field. Yeah, buddy. I mean, I'm no doubt, but you got to win a championship. That's I I agree, because I can't stand the Patriots, so it's all good. So let's. You want to talk a little baseball? Sure. All right. So some exciting stuff here going on in the uh, AL East. Right. So I'm gonna let you know how exciting it was. So last week, I think on Thursday, no Wednesday of last week. The Orioles lost to the Cardinals. Right. In the midst of a kind of a losing. They, they were 5-5 five and five over their past 10 games in that. And the Rays kept winning. So the Orioles had like a two-and-a-half, three-game lead over the Rays. On Wednesday of last week, the Rays tied it up. Mm. Then guess what happened? Or no, Thursday, Rays beat the Orioles 4-3. to three. They tied it up. So now you got... Zero games behind for both. They're both tied for the AL least lead. Rays and Orioles in a four-game series. And the Orioles Orioles took three out of four. Yep, so now they're up two games. They're up two and a half now. They won today. They beat the Astros on Monday, and they beat the Astros on Tuesday, and they lost the Astros. Wait, Baltimore is your team? Yeah. I got you. So they lost to the Astros today. So let's see. The standings are they have a two-game lead now. So Baltimore normally loses to Tampa Bay. Mm. So when Tampa Bay caught them, because Baltimore's been winning that division. Tampa Bay broke out early. They had a pretty big lead. And then Baltimore, and Baltimore caught them up, the and Baltimore has just been winning and winning and winning. I mean, they got 95 wins. Yeah. Well, the only there's only one team better. Yeah, the Braves. The Braves. They're two games better now. Yeah. So, Tampa Bay's two games behind. They both have clinched the playoffs. So, Baltimore is either going to be the AL East winner or the wild card, and the vice versa for the Rays. Right. So, how this – the last – I don't know how many games are left. Uh, uh, there's only a few, 152, a few so there's 10 games left. 162-game season. So, there's 10 games left. So in the final ten games, Baltimore's got a two-game lead. Barring drastic collapse, I think Baltimore wins that division. Uh, and it looks like Houston's in a battle in the West. That they got beat two out of three from Baltimore, so they're in a battle with Seattle. Seattle's only a half game behind. Right. Um, Minnesota's pretty much got. They're, they haven't clinched, but they're very close to clinching. you got a nine-game lead in the Central. I, I think the Braves have clinched the East. So, yeah, in the, in the, yeah, the Braves have a 14-game oh, lead, game lead with like 10 games left. Right. So, um, so, battle for the wild card there. Uh, Milwaukee's got a six-game lead over Chicago in the Central, and the Dodgers have also clinched. they got a 13-and-a-half-game lead. So, you got a little wild card battle um, in – so here's you got a the central the central you got a wild card because you've got um, Cubs and Reds right there at seventy nine wins each. Um, so you got so in the battle for the NL wild card. So if the standings end right now with the division winners being the Braves, the Dodgers, and the and the Brewers, you got Philadelphia, Arizona, and the Cubs. Yep. 
So Miami's on the outside looking in. And I think well, Cincinnati. As much as you love the teams in Miami, I'm surprised you're not a Marlins fan. No, I'm not a Marlins fan. I've, been, I've always been an Orioles fan. My, my, my sports allegiances are not based on where I've lived. I've never lived in Baltimore. I've never lived in Miami. I was, I'm from New York and grew up in Pennsylvania. Right. So you would think, and I spent the majority of my life in the Tampa Bay area. I'm not a Rays fan and I'm not a Bucks fan. So it has nothing to do with where I live. I do like the Lightning. Well, I grew up in Georgia. Mm -hmm. So I've been a Braves fan from Little League Baseball. Everybody here is a Braves fan. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a dude uh, from Mississippi um, that's a bartender at one of the places I play music at. Yeah. And, it, man, he's a huge Braves fan. Mm -hmm. It's like every – like I went in there and watched a little football Saturday – uh, after, after I emceed that event, mm -hmm. and it's like every fucking TV in there's football except for one, mm -hmm. and he's like ignoring customers watching the game. <laughs> he's watching ba the baseball game. Dedicated so. fan. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. So that's uh, so we didn't talk about the 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 AL wild card. So you've got. Let's just say if it ends the way it is right now, you got Baltimore in the east, uh, the Astros in, in the central, and Minnesota uh, out west. And you got Toronto and Seattle and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay first, Toronto and Seattle. So that think about that. It's three teams from the AL East, yeah. and neither one of them are the Red Sox and the Yankees. No. So if this if it if the there's what only I'm 10 games at, left. What I'm looking at, the Blue Jays don't have a shot. I mean, they do. I mean, but you're talking about ending right now. It'd be the Rays in the East. Yeah, but there's three wild cards. Oh. Okay. Orioles are going to win the East. See, that's how much I've watched baseball over the last few years. So, the Rays have already clinched a wild card. Mm hmm And the Orioles have already clinched at least a wild card. So, you're going to have two teams at least from the, from the East. Mm hmm So, the one team that is on the outside – Looking in from the wild card is the Texas Rangers. They're actually tied with Seattle, but through whatever tie-breaking process, Seattle's in as of right now, and Texas is out. So that last wild card spot can be flipped. But the, the Blue Jays are only half a game ahead. But the next closest team is the Yankees, and they're seven and a half games out with ten left. Right. So it's going to be three of those four teams. So unless something crazy happens, it, the wild card's going to be – Tampa Bay, Toronto, and either Seattle or Texas, and it could be, it could be Tampa Bay, Seattle, and Texas, and Toronto's out. Right. But if it isn't, and that Toronto makes it, you got the Orioles, the Rays, and the Blue Jays all from the A at least, and the Yankees and the Red Sox are out. Mm. Red Sox are still technically in because they're nine and a half games out of the wild card. Yankees are seven and a half. So with ten left, I think they're 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 both done. That'd be some crazy shit that happened. Yeah. That well, it's eleven for them, so they're yeah. one game behind. Right? You want actually? You want to talk WNBA? No, me either. <laughs> All right, no. So, dude, this is our longest uh, sportscast yeah. today. We we're, we're over an hour. So next week when we come back, I'm going to give you. Um, What you gonna give me? Buddy? I'm gonna give you the view from the cheap seats at 
at uh, Miami at Hard Rock Stadium. Well, cool. Well, I'll actually I don't have anything scheduled this weekend. No gigs. So you're gonna no be music. sitting in front of that TV. Man, I'm watching football all weekend. Well, and, watch um, the Dolphin game. Maybe I'll maybe I'll be on the jumbotron. All right. I'll, I'll Up in the 300 uh, nosebleed section. Well, I'll see that's if, all I can afford. I'll see if the blimp <laughs> comes over and if I can see you. So, hey, guys, thanks so much for t- tuning in to BSing, the Backport Sports Network. For Coach Dan, I am your Uncle Wes. Well, I'm just Wes. We'll see you next time <laughs> on BSN. BSing.